everyone. Welcome to episode six of Distilling Greatness. My name is Chris Tatum. I'm here at the beautiful Tennessee Theater in beautiful Knoxville, Tennessee. And rejoining his seat beside me is my partner and friend, Jeff Arnett. How's it going, Jeff? It's going great. It's good to be back with you. Good. It's great to be back. Uh, Jeff was, I'm sure he probably would have rather been here, but he was doing some moving and <laughs> hauling and, and all that good, Jeff. Will doing um, good? Absolutely. Good. Yeah. So my son has been at uh, University of Alabama in Huntsville and is going to take an internship in, in Denzo. Uh, over the summer, so we're excited to have him home with us for a few months. Uh, then, he'll, then he'll have his senior year left, but, you know, he's learning Japanese, so the Denzo culture should hopefully be something that actually helps him yeah, uh, get fantastic. even more excited about graduating and getting his first job. Sweet. And, uh, I'm, really, and I'm really excited that's about what his you're first excited job. About. I'm super excited about his first job. <laughs> that's fantastic. <laughs> well, today we're actually joined by a couple of our friends. We've got uh, Drew McKenna and Nadim Jerome, both from uh, One Knox, but other ventures as well. So we'll welcome you guys. Drew, tell us a little bit about, a little bit about yourself. Uh, yeah, thanks for having us, guys. Uh, I am originally from Chicago, born and raised there, but married in Knoxville, so found wisdom in later years. Uh, <laughs> moved here uh, in 2020, and we've loved it. We've got three young boys, and uh, uh, what a great place to be. Lucky to be here. Nadim. <laughs> thanks, Chris. Um, yeah, so Jeff and I both went to the uh, University of Alabama. Well, let's go ahead and get that out on the table. Uh, grew up here. Uh, my mom's from here. My dad's from the Middle East and um, have an older brother. And I got a beautiful wife named Callie. And really, that's the reason why uh, Drew and I met is through our, our wives. And um, yeah, I grew up here, went away and didn't appreciate Knoxville till till I, I did go away and, and glad to be back. So, Well, we're glad you both are back. Uh, I know Drew, Chicago, like you said, come back down and uh Nadim, your family's phenomenal. A uh, big supporter of uh, both Tennessee theater, but a lot of different things in the family or in the in the area as well. Uh, Omar was um, was he two years before us in Leadership Knoxville? Yes, he was. Okay, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, Nadim and I met at Leadership Knoxville. Um, we were in the same class. Uh, unfortunate for Nadim, uh, <laughs> worst class ever, as what, as what I've heard. But <laughs> hottest, uh, yeah. the hottest. I'm sorry, but uh, yeah. So uh, and from there, um, that's what led our. Um, partnership i'm very big on calling it a partnership not a sponsorship sure. with yeah. uh with drew and one knock so uh very it's been a very good thing for us and we feel like we're very uh you know it's a privilege for us to be sitting here with you guys just as much as i hope it is for you all to be with us so mm-hmm. so it's looking looking pretty good so yeah. we, we won't go any deeper on the the university of alabama stuff we'll leave that alone <laughs> thank you but now drew and you said he his his roots ground pretty pretty orange right his blood runs orange yeah right? so i'm uh with scar in his mouth after the bama game last year so uh so i know what side of the fence he's on he's on the right side no good. doubt <laughs> no doubt <laughs> that's fantastic well another couple of interesting things uh one big thing and jeff and i you know we started this venture um it was november of 20 is that right yep yeah, give yep. or take. Yeah, I was uh, October the first. I think I was the first oh, official right. employee, yeah. and November first, you came on. That's so we, right. were, we were the first two company employees. That's right. October one, twenty twenty. So, <laughs> you guys were not far, um, not far before or after that, if I if I recall, is that correct? Tell yeah, us a little bit for about sure. That. Yeah, so I, mean, I think the first emails were uh, spring twenty nineteen. We started th- thinking about this. Uh, so I've known Nadim for I don't know six or eight years through our wives since I started coming out in Knoxville. We've been at dinners and stuff like that, and. As we thought about my, my wife and my wife Maria and I thought about moving down here, uh, you know, this the idea of bringing pro soccer to Knoxville uh, crossed my mind. First person I called was Nadim, uh, and so you know we played our first game in twenty two, our first pro game in twenty three. But this you know the, the exploration and conversation started when I was still living in Chicago via email in twenty nineteen. So it's been a long road, but a good road. Um, and like you guys, we're just the start. 
That's awesome. Nadine, man, you have, it, it blows my mind the different things you're involved in, but the, one of the coolest things is, is one of your businesses, um, First Watch. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. So how, how do you go from First Watch to let's own a soccer team? Well, so I would not be involved if Drew hadn't been a, a good friend. Um, he, again, great business person, great community-minded leader, um, and again, thankfully for our wives that, that we kind of joined. Um, but, you know, you can transfer skills in all kinds of businesses. And so I had never thought about sports as business. I always thought of it as entertainment. But as Drew spoke to me about these things and, and kind of helped me understand what sports and business do, there's a lot of transferability of skills. Um, just like most businesses. So uh, in general, you know, he talks about Knoxville a lot and I'm, I have a passion for Knoxville. Um, I think there are many peoples in, in all communities uh, across the nation that passion and love for the city is why things happen. Um, and so to me, that was the opportunity that I could bring to the table. Um, Drew comes with the background in sports and uh, the understanding of, of how all that works. But I come with a passion. And like I told him, um, you know, I don't know if it'll be a good thing for you, <laughs> for me to be your partner, but hopefully so far it's been, it's been decent. We have, we have some other great partners as well. No, yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, um, anybody who knows Nadim knows Nadim knows everybody, right? Like that's <laughs> the great thing about Nadim is he's, he loves Knoxville so much that he's made everybody uh, in Knoxville, his friend. Uh, and so he's been a great partner to help me understand this landscape better. Uh, and, and I think both of us try and understand Knoxville better and what Knoxville can be. Yeah. Yeah. Just like you coming down here. I mean, Jeff, I mean, of course we formally announced to the public, it was in the fall of 2020, but Chris and I had been friends for years before that we'd worked together on the, um, uh, on the board for the Tennessee uh, distillers and uh, he was president and I was vice president. We had done a lot of things to improve the lives of distillers across the state, fixing old laws and everything. Uh, and then as we were kind of in that conversation, the pandemic hit. So you guys kind of were faced with that too, that you were kind of looking at a business model. And then did that make you rethink anything? You know, cause people have asked me about that because it, it actually helped us with our name is that people weren't going out to bars and restaurants anymore. They're having home entertainment, mm-hmm. they're having company come over, mm-hmm. you know, and we wanted products that we felt like were appropriate that you would be, you know, that you would want to share with people who matter to you. Yeah. That was sort of the focus of, of us is that we want you to gather around with the company. You guys want people to gather around, enjoy sports. You know, you're trying to create a, a, the same Jersey out of a diverse crowd of people, right? Right. As what you hope to accomplish here. And we do too. Yeah, I think the most direct way it, it, it affected us was, uh, you know, having started talking about it in 2019, the goal at the, at the foundation was, uh, it was 2021 is our first season. Uh, and as COVID came through, we quickly thought like, well, we could take our time with this a little bit more and see if we can't catch the back end of it. So it gave us a little bit more time to, to take those foundational first steps, which for us were super community oriented and was, it was about having Knoxville react to what we were trying to do having people gather around like you guys talk about and literally whether it was on zoom or in bars, have conversations about, Hey, what should the name be? What should the brand be? Those sorts of things that help kind of uh, educate the start of the one Knox brand. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really kind of, I don't want to say eerie because it's a negative connotation, but it's really interesting. I should say that there is a, some parallel to the beginnings of one Knox and beginnings of company and, and really how we came together. I mean, again, you know, I was a last minute entry into leadership Knox. I think they, scraping the bottom of the barrel and 
and so so um you know it's, it like, the, it's like those last rooms on the cruise ship they go really cheap right? yeah. so cheap like, yeah. like we really need a fat bald guy on this class could you please help us out you know what i'm saying so but yeah it's it's been really fun uh, i remember one of the first conversations we had you know um i think somebody said something about sponsorship and nikki from uh, tennessee theater can say the same thing uh, i was like we don't do sponsorships we do partnerships yeah. like yeah uh, we can buy time wherever we need, but we need somebody that's going to grow with us, and it's and we're going to stub our toe along the way, and it has been hard. I mean, yep. I mean, yeah, Jeff, we're learning. Can, oh yeah, yeah. I, you I know, mean, I think the things that we thought were going to be really easy uh, were some of the most difficult, and that was because the supply chain that had been so reliable for so long mm. was completely destroyed. I mean, just the most basic of materials you couldn't get them, or if you could get them, they were twice what they were normally. Mm-hmm. So you're having to rethink your whole business model and profitability and everything off that. But you know, I think if if, a, if an idea is a good idea pandemic won't stop it right yeah <laughs> but we had to kind of have that moment of pause where like okay are we can we weather that and because we don't really know what the future holds but we believed in it enough but i think it was good it was a good litmus yeah. test for us up front to say we're committed to this and that doesn't really change our commitment to doing this yeah i mean we've had a number of moments like that uh big and small and i think something that we both benefit from is is a long-term perspective right if you're thinking about this as a 25-year project or a legacy type project you can weather those those tough days or years, um, but um, but if you're trying to deliver, you know, for a 2026 exit, then things are different, right? So if you're long term perspective on it, it gives you a little bit more space to try to make make it work. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean that it, that being long term, it is long term. You know, Jeff and I when we got into this, it, it was all about the long term yep. because I mean he's heck, he was a master distiller, Jack Daniels, yep. and I had you know partnerships in in um, another distillery, et cetera, and we both were kind of going through it. And it was just an opportunity. Like, hey, what if we did this different? I think mm-hmm. that's something we've always said is how can we do this different? And I feel like that's the same thing with you guys. How can we do this different? How can we bring something different to this area mm-hmm. being East Tennessee, you know? And I think that's pretty awesome. So Yeah, I think one of the things that kind of helped us get, you know, an understanding of with our partners of what we wanted to accomplish, it was that none of us viewed this as some type of a quick flip uh, type of idea that we had. We we viewed this as being something that we were gonna be at you know, for a decade or two minimum. Uh, and potentially this is something that we would pass down to our kids if they would talk about what my parents and my grandparents built. And I'm now a part of it. Um, and you see these brands like that, that, that are in our industry. And I think those are the ones that you, you know, when you have that history and stuff like that, it just continues to build and grow. And uh, I, I didn't get into this to, to say that I just wanted to turn it over and be gone. You know, I've got a good 10 or 15 years to work myself. Uh, and then hopefully my kids will want to work in this as, you know, someday too. Well, and that's the thing with anytime you're starting something, you have some founding principles and, and things kind of you live by, some core identity items. Um, and one thing we talk about is like what what stays the same and what changes, right? There's going to be a lot of change that occurs, but our founding principles and things are things that will, will stay and remain. Um, and to me, that's really what I think the team at One Knox and uh, – in any successful organization has those, those, those founding principles and they will tweak a little bit like you all have, I'm sure, right? Yeah. Things are going to change. The landscape's going to change. But I think from day one, Drew's done an absolutely phenomenal job of, of instilling these core principles to our business so we can weather those, those storms and um, droughts, if you will. The other important point there, I don't want to hammer this too much, is, no. is, is the benefit of founder-led businesses, right? Among this group, we've, you know, probably close to 10 businesses that have been started among this group. Right. And, and, uh, uh, that's a competitive advantage in my, uh, my opinion, because when you're competing with businesses that aren't founder led, they don't have that, you know, 
that kind of internal drive or commitment that this isn't just about me work, you know, working a job or trying to get promoted or trying to earn a paycheck. This is, this is my, this is my identity. This is my legacy. My legacy. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's a real, a, a real competitive advantage for us. Yeah. I'd say you're dead on. And, and I think part of that too, is the fact that, you know, we talk about bringing people together and it's yeah. not just bringing people together to have a drink or, you know, or, or catch a game. It's also the influence on the community. And it's something, you know, when we, we kind of pre-gamed ourselves here for this, you know, a couple of weeks back, I mean, talk a little bit, the desire to bring people together is a theme that we talked about collectively. Tell us a little bit, we've talked pretty extensively about what we want to do at our place, you know, our places, I should say, whether it's middle Tennessee or East, tell us a little bit about w- what you want to bring the experience to the community, to the ballpark that day or the field. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's not ballpark. Sorry. Stadium. We're good. Stadium. <laughs> and then, uh, then what, what, what do you think that translates over in the community, et cetera? Cause I've heard a lot of great things that you guys are doing with, with smaller soccer clubs, be it, um, you know, young age to middle school to high school, et cetera. So talk a little bit about that if you don't mind. Yeah. I mean, when, when soccer's done best, this is global. It's certainly true in America, but it's global. When soccer's done best, it's a reflection of the community that it's in, right? It, it's community forward, community led. That's what's so special about European soccer when you're hearing about the Chelsea's and the Arsenal's, but it's also what's special about Atlanta United or Nashville SC and the MLS. It's these clubs that reflect the community that they're in. So for us, it's not just about, you know, kicking a ball into a goal though we hope to do that a lot. It's about being a conduit for the community to come together and rally around itself, around Knoxville. Um, today, that's just through soccer, but it's also through adult rec soccer here, like, you know, kids living in the community, adults living in the community who want to keep playing through youth soccer in Knoxville, where we've got over a thousand kids playing inside our structure. But in the future, could it be, you know, a concert series? Could it be a restaurant week? What other ways can we bring the community together in cool, fun, urban-oriented, you know, uh, opportunities? That's what that's what One Knox wants to be long-term. Yeah, I think that's well said. Yeah. You know, talking about the the community and stuff, um, you know, I, I, didn't, I wasn't raised on soccer. Yeah. So my high school, uh, it was baseball, basketball, football. I think my, my senior class maybe had the first girls volleyball. Uh, they were talking about softball. So, you know, you were starting to see some other things work their way in, but it was a while uh, after I was out of high school before soccer ever became a thing yep. uh, here. But my, one of my first trips as master distiller when I was with Jack Daniels, this had been in 2008, 2009, um, I went into Hamburg and that's the home mm. of where St. Pauli is. Mm-hmm. So they thought that would be a fun thing. It was my first day in. I was just going to kind of rest and acclimate to a new schedule and everything. But they're like, let's go to the soccer game. Mm. So I'm like, okay, that's cool. I, I don't really know the rules or anything, but it was the sense of community. Mm. That, I mean, they had like all of these chants and things that they would sing and they would sing in unison. It sounded almost like a monastery choir. Mm. There's these voices being raised up as they were like, you know, chanting their songs and stuff. You're just like, whoa. Make that's your, about made, the most made your hair, yeah. made your hair stand up. That's you know, about to hear the most this. community-led club in the world. They yeah. are all about community. It's a yeah. really cool one to go see. It absolutely is. Yeah. And, and soccer can be that platform, but there's other, you know, platforms as well. And one thing that really intrigues me is, is, is the, um, is kind of who we're, we're in Knoxville specifically in many communities uh, across the United States and, and, and globally want to attract and retain talent. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And one thing that to me that got my attention was of the top 65 MSAs, there were three in, in America that didn't have pro soccer and Knoxville was one of them. So oh, wow. to me, you know, we're, we're trying to recruit, recruit and retain talent. Soccer is a, a younger demographic sport. And so that is really interesting. You know, one thing that the chamber and a lot of chambers are doing is trying to recruit and retain talent. How do we compete in a, in a healthy way and in a positive way with the communities that, that we, 
you know, are, are up against. So Yeah, I, I think that's a great point because not only are you, I mean, you're here, I hear you talking about talent, but it's not just the talent that you're putting on the, on the field. I mean, you're, this is, you're bringing something totally new to Knoxville. How are you going, what are you looking for when you're bringing staff, employees and things like that? And I mean, not things, but people like that. I mean, that's got to be a challenge as well. I mean. When yeah, you, it, it's a young man's game for sure. I mean, I think that's true of all sports, right? But but soccer uniquely, the, the demographic of soccer is is younger than the Knoxville demographic. It's younger than the American demographic. It's younger than the American sports demographic, right? And soccer is a very young sport in the States from a fan perspective. So we're trying to bring them in, but we're also trying to rally those folks who live in Knoxville that fit that demographic to rally around us, right? To, to gather around what we're trying to accomplish and what we're trying to build. Um, and so, you know, it, it, it is a challenge trying to find folks who, who know how to work in professional soccer in Knoxville. You know, we, we are looking other places to bring them in. But, you know, as someone who's, who was brought into Knoxville for other reasons, I think that's a really good thing. Yeah. We've been fortunate. I mean, our staff. Oh, yeah. Excuse me. Sorry. Our staff's been fortunate. I mean, we've been fortunate with our staff big time. We have. You know, going into Townsend, um, mm. you know, a lot of people felt like it's, you know, there's seasonal work over there. And if you're going to stay open year round, you know, you may be needing to recruit people in because there's not a, a, a established workforce over there, but we had, you know, of course we wanted to be a good paying company uh, and, and give people other reasons uh, to be a part of us. And we've had no trouble uh, to this point of, of attracting people that kind of represent our brand well, which is important because that may be the first thing they know of companies and they walk through the door and never heard of us. It's not going to be me talking, not going to be Chris talking. We can easily voice the brand because we were part of creating it. But if you can get that from somebody who's just been working with you for the last year or so and they deliver it with passion, you're like, wow, okay, we are, we are there. Yeah. And we're, we're doing really well. One thing that we talked about a lot, you know, early on was you can't think big after the fact, right? And so how often does a community get to announce a new professional team or a new anything? And I just remember like looking at when we did the announcement, when we unveiled the logo and we unveiled the brand, the kits, we always tried to feel bigger than we were. And, you know, on one hand that takes investment, but we also, again, long-term perspective, we thought it made a whole lot of sense to, to kind of cease the opportunity, cease the window. Yeah. And I was just so impressed by the support that we've received and um, just really cool. I think part of it that's, you know, something that we share is, is, you know, pro soccer didn't exist in Knoxville. You think about what Knoxville is, right? It's a football town or yeah. it's a, it's a baseball town. It's a UT sports town. And it is that, but it doesn't mean it can't be one Knox too. You know what I mean? Right. It, it takes a little bit of guts to say, Hey, we could, we could, we could find a home for this in Knoxville as well. I mean, similarly with you guys, right? Well, you know, what's East Tennessee? It's moonshine. Sure. It can be a moonshine, but it's also something else. Right. And, and, right. and, and you guys have been able to, to create that space. And that was really, you know, in the conversations that Chris and I had early is that, you know, there is a lot of competition out there already. I mean, we're not the first distillery to come to East Tennessee. Uh, there's probably 12 or 13 of them. Most of them on, you know, on the parkway in Gatlinburg or uh, what I call more of a storefront uh, type of distilling operation. You know, we aren't, what we envisioned for ourselves was, you know, if you're on the Kentucky Bourbon Trail where you get out and you walk and there's a canopy of trees and then, you know, you're distilling here and you've got barrels there and uh, it's a very pastoral setting. You know, we found a, a piece of property that had the trees had not been taken down on it, had an old brick plant on it that could be repurposed into a barrel plant, had a creek that ran the full length of it, already had a greenway uh, kind of wrapping three sides of it. So it's like there were natural ways for people to walk up to your property. Uh, but, you know, beautiful spot that we could develop because uh, once again, we're kind of looking for the long term. We want a place that, that draws the community together that tourists want to stop, but that locals want to adopt. You know, we, we want to be the home team. 
of East Tennessee. We want to be, when you're traveling, if you live in East Tennessee and you're traveling out, that you're taking a bottle of this to say, this is something that's from Tennessee. You know, it's a, it's a gift. It's a postcard uh, of where we've come from. So, yeah, I think, I think you start talking about you know, hearing you guys talk and you, you, you come to a spot where I think we begin to shape the community, not with what we want, but with what the community is asking for right. needing that maybe they not, they didn't know they didn't need it, that mm-hmm. they needed a soccer team or that they needed another distiller. That's what I think both, you know, both of these companies are looking at to do is to help shape that community. And I think it's like, it's, it, it's like, you're, we're not a reflection of what Knoxville has been, we're a reflection of what Knoxville is and can be. Right. Yeah, and, yeah. and like companies certainly, in my opinion, has come forward with a brand that is different from the other local distilleries, different than, you know, um, Gatlinburg moonshine, but it fits it, okay. it, like it, it, it's appropriate where it is. And, and I think that's just like a job well done by you guys. Well, clearly Tennessee whiskey has established itself as a nationally yep. recognized product, a special, like a historical process that it's produced by that separates it from bourbon. But that has been solely owned by middle Tennessee. Mm. You know, we're like that, that needs to end, mm-hmm. you know, and if I need to move from middle Tennessee to East Tennessee, you know, to help bring it there, then, you know, I think it's one of the things I love about Tennessee is the diversity of when you drive from Memphis to to Knoxville, just how, how much it changes. I grew up in West Tennessee, not the, what I would describe as the prettiest end of it, but you know, very heavy agriculture, very flat. Um, I thought middle Tennessee was beautiful, but the further you come East, it's just like, it's just getting better. I just love the beauty of the natural beauty of what's here. And there's no reason why this, this uh, reputation for great whiskey making can't be shared uh, in East Tennessee. It, it doesn't have to be monopolized uh, in middle Tennessee. Yeah, that's exactly it. I want to go back to something that uh, Nadim said. He says, thinking big, um, just like you guys have other partners, we do as well. And we were early on, this was during pandemic when, you know, it was all Zoom and, and you know, lawn chairs 16 feet apart and all that good jazz. And so um, we were looking at, we had taken some shots, Jeff and I and, and some of the team, taking some shots about coming up with a name and kind of had our heart crushed. We found one that seemed to fit pretty perfect and kind of got crushed when we found out somebody else had had it for 20 years. So obviously it wasn't the most original. But anyway, with all that being said, uh, we got this firm out of Colorado, phenomenal firm that we had, uh, got to work with. And um, they sent, I'll never forget, they sent the, uh, basically the a la carte list of things they could do in pricing. And I remember seeing it and I was like, Oh God, like, <laughs> like it was this heart pain, you know? And Kevin, one of my partners was like, look, man, we're going to fake it till we make it. You got to think big. And those were his <laughs> words, fake it till yeah. you make it and think big. I was like, okay, here we go. <laughs> you know? So, so hearing you talk about at the beginning, like we're going to be bigger than maybe what we are now, but we know where we will be. And, and you know, and, and I feel like even though that was an investment on our part, um, that there was a little bit of spit and polish about our brand, even when we had our first bottle on the shelf, it's like, you could kind of tell that was pretty well thought out. Uh, and that wasn't, I mean, I think it was the best of our thoughts. You know, we were like, you know, trying to herd goats here, you know, with all these ideas that we had, but I think they did a really good job of throwing out some ideas that got us to consent on something. Actually, the company name is pretty funny because people have asked me, you know, how did you name your company company? You know, that seems odd. And I said, buddy, it was not a straight path. I mean, it was, <laughs> we looped around and came back around to it. It was one of maybe 30 names that we actually considered yeah. for it, but it was the one that elicited the strongest responses. From the get-go, people loved it and they loathed it, and we <laughs> heard both. Heard but that. but e- but either way, people had an opinion about it. I'm like, that's a starting point. If we can get people past the loathing, um, the name's strong, uh, and especially if we can kind of own the name company. I mean, that's that's pretty hard to do. <laughs> I'm always impressed when you know that's intentional. That yeah. stamp on the top, yeah, right. You yeah. you could have done something different, but yeah. that's intentional. Yeah. That, that, that says quality, that says yep. uh, attention to detail. Yep. 
Uh, so that, again, one of the things that I first And if saw. I bottled it, the, the CO on the top of the court will actually align to the face <laughs> out of the bottle, too. Because that's how much I, they're like all my little children. Yeah, that's right. There's a lot <laughs> of I detail. I take in every bottle. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of detail. This is something that I, I love that you brought the detail of the bottle, and we'll brag a little bit. But if you also notice the Chevron on the label, that actually matches the roof line of our property that we have the first piece of property bought on the old brick building is the Chevron. Really? So, there's all these little things that over the years we'll be able to utilize and, and, you know, look back on, on details and stuff. Uh, and so again, we have, obviously we have, um, this product this is our flagship and you can see the CO like it's there. Well, if you look at our ghost rail, which is our gin, the O has got the same thing. So there's all these little details that we thought through and it was painstaking from <laughs> the beginning, you know, I mean, it was, it really was, but yeah, thank you for, for noticing that, you know what I'm saying? So, but well, you know, the other thing I think part of it was, um, uh, especially a lot of new brands. If you look at their label, it takes you about 10 minutes to read it. It's just, they're very busy. And, I, and I've kind of learned that I think there's a tendency that almost the less you have to say, the more you try to say <laughs> that you're kind of compensating for it. And it's like we had, you know, we had just a handful of people starting this company, but there was about 60, 75 years of, of industry experience that were kind of coming together to form it. So brand new company, but it was not our first rodeo by any stretch. And it's like, we've got way too much to say to ever fit it on that label. So let's just stick to the basics here. Let's communicate who we are, what we are, and then people, if if they like the product, they'll they'll find out who we are. You There's know, a confidence go in that, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. We, we don't need to convince you. Yeah, that what's inside the bottle, take care of that. Yeah, the simplicity of the packaging at least part of this beauty uh, when it comes to ours. Yeah, and Jeff, Jeff's much better. I mean, I've had people randomly, you know, not randomly, but be talking about, oh, you're doing that that distillery, right? I'm like, yeah, what's it called, company? Well, that's stupid. Well, it's only for smart people, you know? So, <laughs> so I mean, I'm definitely not the guy that needs to be out there talking that because I'll, I'll shut you down pretty quick, you know what I'm saying? The other interesting <laughs> thing about names, we talked about this a lot in, in our process, is, is when, when all you have is a name, right? Or, yeah. or when you're early in your process, everybody has a thought on the name. But nobody questions the fact that they're called the Vols. And if today they went through a process to decide they were the Vols, everyone would love it or loathe it, right? But what they have is they've got 150 years of sporting history behind the falls, right? And, and, and that's what people think when they think of the name. So I think, it, you know, we thought it was super important to try to get it right at the beginning, but we also understood that that first 5, 10, 15 years of work, that's going to define the name, right? Yeah. And for you guys, the juice is going to define the name. And, 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 you know, you'll pick up a lot of positivity over time, and that name will mean something different in the future. Well, and clearly you guys are reinforcing, you know, East Tennessee as sort of your home base. That's, that's our headquarters as well. But uh, we we thought it important enough that when we came out, we we didn't lead with the Tennessee whiskey. We started with the bourbon. We did a rye. We only recently came out with our first Tennessee whiskey product, and we chose 865, 86 mm. and a half proof as its proof point because that's, if you type vol on your phone, that you're going to type 865. Mm. <laughs> so, you know, we, we're we're trying to own East Tennessee, uh, and, be, and we're proud uh, that we're here, even though I graduated from Alabama. Um, no. I, I bleed orange, too. It's oh, true. Yeah, I know. You know I, I do. It. Well, Jeff, you said something uh, earlier, uh, the locals adopt, mm -hmm. but the, the visitors stop. Mm -hmm. And that really strikes a tone with me because we have to locally adopt things, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I just think about brands and other communities that have done such a good job. It's probably because the community adopted it up front, right? There's probably a lot of hard uh, times before it became a big brand. And so, you know, I think that's a really poor, important mm -hmm. uh, indicator is we have to support what we've done in order for it to become something we want it to become. And I, and I clearly feel like we've had some home field advantage here from the time we've launched. Um, if you look at how we've done in East Tennessee 
particularly. Uh, we probably over-indexed. Good. Um, as, you know, for a brand that's launched new. Uh, so we had some historical data from one of our partners who'd worked in distribution. He kind of told us what to expect, and we really outperformed that. So that kind of tells you that people feel like we are the home team here. Um, but, you know, for what we want to accomplish, you know, you need to own your home field. You need to, you know, be undefeated on your home uh, field. But then you've got to be able to get out. You've got to be able to travel. You've got to, you know, we need distribution. We need to be multi-state. Um, but we're probably never going to achieve that if people in East Tennessee don't say good things about us right. Right? And, and feel like we're a, a product worthy of talking about because we're a connected society anymore. I mean, one person, people can, you know, on Instagram, on Facebook, whatever, reach thousands of people. Uh, and they, if they have followers, it's, it's amazing how much their opinion will sway what people think. So, you know, we, we're trying to make friends everywhere we can. And hopefully our products support what we say about them. And that is, it's something worthy of sharing with people Absolutely. who matter to you. Yep. The thing, uh, you know, you're talking about adopting locally. That's something that I'm, I'm really proud of what we've done when, when we've approached our partnerships. You know, Tennessee Theater is a great example of somebody that's, uh, of, a, of a group that is being adopted more and more locally, if you will. I mean, we talked about it in other episodes, you know, how the theater has evolved from just being this push their movies kind of place. And now it's a community spot that very diverse in everything it does, whether it's music or comedians or plays or whatever. So that local adoption kind of deal is, is big for us. And that's why, again, partnerships with One Knox, which we're going to be talking and announcing soon, um, as well as Tennessee Theater, those are, those are big things for us. And we've got, we also have a good partner in our distributor. I want to say that, um, which is kind of weird because I'm, yeah, in our industry, a distributor supplier relationships always aren't always great, but ours has been great. Tennessee, uh, they've been phenomenal. Um, uh, we've got a great, great go in Texas as well. We've got several more states coming out throughout the rest of the year. So we're continuing with that same mentality of the same philosophy as, hey, we're going to be local. We want someone that believes the same about being local and being there. So yeah, you can have the best, you can have the best product on the planet, but if you don't have a distributor that will carry you. You are, mm. you're dead. Yeah. You're dead in the water. So finding the right partners is, is mission one for us. I mean, it's critical yeah. uh, for us for the next few years. Uh, Cause we're about ready to go from, you know, where we are right now to quadrupling that just in the next 18 to 24 months. Yeah. So let's talk about what I love to talk about, which is my hatred for Kentucky. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we're ready. I'm just kidding. So I have some really great friends up there. Um, um, but uh, in all seriousness, in a couple of months, we've got a big, uh, big day coming up. Tell us what's going on on the 18th of August of yeah. this year. August 18th uh, will be the culmination of the battle for the barrel. So we announced uh, at, at the start of our season that uh, we have a fellow expansion club in USL League One, our league. Lexington Sporting Club. Uh, we came in the league together. Our first game was against each other, and we announced that you know our budding rivalry is going to have a trophy. It's going to be it's going to be a barrel uh, and a bottle of of our local uh, fare. So for us, that's obviously company. Uh, you know the 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 line we're going with is bourbon is better in Tennessee, which we think is true. Uh, <laughs> and so you know they they haven't taken kindly to that, which is the point. Uh, and so on, on the 18th at Regal Soccer Stadium, where we play our home games on the campus, University of Tennessee, is the third and final game of that matchup. Um, we're in the lead right now. Uh, they're a good side. They've gotten better throughout the year, but hopefully we'll be we'll be lifting a barrel at the end of that game. Might might take two of our soccer players we're not football players and those things are heavy but hopefully we're lifting a barrel yeah. well, I, I can remember when we were talking about doing the tennessee whiskey trail and you know then the, the kentucky bourbon trail had already been in existence for you know a decade or so 
but it was that, you know, they've got bourbon and horses and Tennessee has everything else. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's all they got. But now uh, we so, got bourbon. So yeah, that's right. For their yeah. horses. I'll tell you, you got to look back when we launched, um, when we had launched uh, the Tennessee Whiskey Trail in 2017. Um, it was a great time for all and the state was behind it, et cetera. And um, I remember that after that, I might have talked a little smack and told that it was <laughs> Kentucky it was time to step aside and let us lead the way. Yeah. Well, that actually ended up in the KDA meeting, their industry meeting twice. So <laughs> this should be huge. We got to get everybody out there yeah. to support this and take that, keep the bourbon barrel where it needs to be, yeah, which exactly. is here in Tennessee. So, And our hope, this is something that, you know, 15, 20 years, we're still fighting for the barrel. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. And, and, and always through partnership with the company. You know, one of the things that's fun about partnership with, with One Knox, we hope, is that, you know, sports can be fun, right? You yeah. know, there's a lot of time for seriousness in life, but like, let's find fun ways to kind of poke the bear a little bit and, uh, and, and talk some trash. And, and obviously that's something that we're hoping to do with company for a long time. Uh, I agree. And it's, it is fun. We've, we've done it. Uh, we were pretty proud. We had a ton of original hits. We actually had a, a state Senator say, I think he just came out and straight up said, Kentucky bourbon sucks. And we were like, Oh God, that's not as deep as we wanted to go. But buddy, he stood by it and it was fantastic. <laughs> and he took some of the heat off of you. I do know that. He did. He did. You, you were very grateful for it. <laughs> yeah. So, Speaking of fun, you know, last year we got to, uh, when we were playing at Maryville college, mm -hmm. we got to do an event with you all through another, you know, close partnership and friendship at RT lodge. Oh yeah. That was so fun. So Good. if you don't like soccer, but you like food and drink and you like having fun, we have a place for you. Uh, we do. You know? <laughs> That's exactly it. That's fit. Man, I for, I'd forgotten about that. That was, yeah. that was a pretty big, I mean, it ended up being pretty big. Yeah. I got a ton a of texts. people. Yeah, yeah. I started to say I had a ton good. of texts come in about, man, this is phenomenal. I hope you guys do something down the road. And I don't think we had done anything official with no, you guys was, at that point. We was were that just, almost a year ago? It was about a year ago. Yeah, we didn't have any official partnership. It was just, hey, this is a cool way to put two brands together. It's through, yeah. through your guys' leadership, Nadim. And uh, I'm just trying to figure out, Chris, the right way to bring it together. And it was, it was definitely a benefit for us. And like, that's, I think that was what started this year's conversation. Yeah. Well, you, you were fortunate because our sales and distribution partner, uh, he loves soccer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's, oh, a man. Mega, he's a mega fan. So yeah. Nathan's a huge fan. Nathan yeah, is a massive fan. Oh yeah, a massive fan. So it's been good. So it's been, uh, it's definitely been great. And, and I, I've, I've loved the fact that we have approached it, not from a, give me a list of um, how many X, Y, and Z I get or whatever to what makes sense for both sides. And I think that's important. I think that's important in whatever we do from a local community area is what's, what makes sense for everybody involved, not just, you know, the person with the mic at the time. And I think that's important overall, you know. So tell us a little bit about the future. What do you guys got coming up? And then I'm going to hit Jeff with the same thing. We got some things to talk about. So what do you guys got coming up? Yeah, hopefully, you know, uh, a lot more soccer down the road. So, you know, for the next two years, we'll be playing at University of Tennessee. In 2025, we'll be moving into the new downtown stadium, which we're really excited about. Hopefully between now and then we're going to add a women's team, which will be fun. Uh, you know, something for the girls to aspire to as well. Uh, this summer we're starting our youth club. So over a thousand kids will be playing uh, one Knox youth soccer. Uh, yet another reason to, to add a girls team. So both the boys and girls have something to aspire for. Um, and, you know, from there, who knows, right? We, we, we want to be active in, in creating cool opportunities for young people in, in urban Knoxville to, to have fun and get together and gather around. So that could take, you know, a lot of different shapes. Um, but yeah, for us, it's, it's about being successful on a day-to-day -day basis so we can be successful long-term. That's fantastic. We, we, uh, I, real quick, uh, my sons, Carter and Connor, both play basketball. They are um, big basketball fans. They, my, Carter's my oldest, and he's a big kid, um, tall, and so we tried soccer. And 
he's really tall. And so everybody else was really fast. But because he was so tall and he was so strong, he kicked the ball from one end to the mm-hmm. other and he, it would hit. So we go to the quote championship game and there's this little kid and this kid is fast and he's running circles around my son. Well, he didn't like it. So he just laid him out. <laughs> and so we stopped playing soccer at that yeah, point. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so I, um, I tell this story because the same little kid that got laid out, we now subsequently play basketball oh, with yeah. on the same team. And he's also a soccer guy. And they were very, comp- the parents were co- talking about your all's involvement, one Knox's involvement in the soccer community for youth and how great that's been and that they're looking forward to that. So just a big you know, shout out there for what you are doing for the community as well. Yeah. Glad to hear it. I mean, you know, the kid, youth soccer is huge everywhere. And so for us to be a part of that and try to grow, grow the game here locally is really important. It's awesome. Yeah. We just came off a couple of weeks ago of having Tennessee whiskey, um, Tennessee whiskey trail, international Tennessee whiskey day, et cetera. Yep. We launched our three wood. Tell us a little bit about the three wood yeah, and, so, and what's coming down the road. Yeah. So to me, this has always been sort of the, you know, the portfolio that I'd wanted a uh, company to do, it seemed like uh, when we first came out that the smartest thing for us to do was to lead off with bourbon. We did a maple wood finish on it. Um, around the Grains and Grits Festival last year, we uh, came out with our first cast strength version of it, but also did a, a cherry wood finish dry. Uh, so kind of using a different liquid and a different wood finish that we felt complemented that. Um, but then as we were thinking about when would Tennessee whiskey be appropriate um, to launch, it would be on International Tennessee Whiskey Day. So uh, this recognizes that May 21st of 1937 is when the state overturned prohibition. It's what allowed our industry to reopen. Uh, so every distiller in the state kind of benefits from that decision. Um, but to you know come out with our first one, it's called the Tennessee Three Wood. Uh, so it goes through the, the Lincoln County process of, of hard sugar maple charcoal filtration. It's come from a, a charred oak barrel. And then we t- decided to do an apple wood on it. So those are the three woods uh, that are part of it. Uh, 86 and a half proof, 865, uh, the area code of East Tennessee. So that kind of makes it a fun one too. Uh, but I think we've got a really nice uh, portfolio across those three right now and hopefully something for everyone. Um, so kind of what's next for us? Of course, we're getting into the warm months of the year. So if people come out to Townsend, we do have beer uh, that's produced uh, locally there. Uh, a really nice uh, Deutsche Brew system. Uh, so if, you, if you're into local beers, we do very traditional German style, um, you know, slow lagering type processes. So high quality beer uh, there. We are, um, uh, we're coming up close to our one year anniversary. Uh, so we officially opened in Townsend on July the 8th of last year. So uh, stay tuned for potentially some drink specials and things that we'll be doing around that weekend again. And then, because uh, always a big deal for us to plan for the Grains and Grits Festival. That'll be coming up in November, a chance to come out to Townsend. Uh, usually leaves changing, uh, and we will be planning for a new special release um, of company for that event as well. Fantastic. You guys should come out there for Grains and Grits for sure. In fact, I'm inviting you now. We will peer pressure you to be there. Uh, yeah. You should definitely bring it. would be great to bring your wife and friend, wives and friends uh, as well. It's a fantastic time in Townsend. Um, great food. We have a couple of James Beard chefs as well. A lot of local RT Lodge, Trevor, Chef Trevor's there and, and a bunch of different local um, chefs are there. It's a fantastic time. So I heard that. Encourage you guys to come out and, and, and try that out. And I think that's going to about wrap us up because we've got to try some of this. Uh, we can't really do that and talk at the same time. So I've been uh, working on it. I've been, I've been nipping. I've been nipping, but I was saving some for you guys. So hey, cheers! Appreciate cheers. you guys being here so much. Here's to, to gathering around. Yep. Gathering around. Thanks, guys. To great Jeff. partnerships.